It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Yeah, had to dress in black today. Sam and I, uh, we're going to attend a little bit of a funeral today. It's time to put the Minnesota Vikings season to rest. Um, officially, time of death, we'll get it. In the next segment, we'll let you guys know the exact time of death for the Minnesota Vikings season. Was it the Lions game or did we hold on too long? But also, Kirk Cousins, is he the next Tom Brady? We'll talk about that and much more coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Glad you guys are with us on this snowy Tuesday in the state of Minnesota. I don't know where you're listening from. For those in other states, I thank you guys for continuing to support us. If you're on the uh, Roku, the Amazon Fire, SXM radio app, however you're, or YouTube, however you're consuming the Ron Johnson Show and uh, Locked On Sports Minnesota, we want to thank you guys for doing that. And also, I want you guys to know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On to get started. Very simple. We're still going to have locks for you, though. Stick around for those Friday roundtables. We're still going to, I mean, this is when the fun locks happen. We get to give you some tips for other football teams because there's some out there. I think there's a, a, a playoff parlay. I'm going to talk about a little bit of that in the Daily 3 today, but also, of course, on Friday, I'm going to really jump into this playoff parlay. Uh, so make sure you guys visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started. Well, as I bring my producer to the show, Sam. <sighs> Sam, Sam, Sam. Egan. Born a long, long, long time ago. But every year we seem to bury them. This year, Sam, the Minnesota Vikings were born sometime in August 2023. I I assume they died, Sam, January 7th, probably around 2-ish p.m. Uh, as we saw the Packers and the Saints start to pull away and close the casket. But Sam, cut the music, Sam. A lot of people, Sam, said that they died. They died in Green Bay when Kirk Cousins hurt his Achilles, Sam. They said he had, they were already, they were on life support. We were just holding on. Where is Jack Kevorkian? Put him out of their misery. Put him out of their misery. Just, just go ahead and, and, and just euthanize him, whatever you do. Because when Kirk Cousins went down, they had no shot. And, and it wasn't more so of that. I think they had a shot. I like Josh Dobbs. I, I thought he should have got the rest of the season. Uh, Nick Mullins, though, did show he could throw the ball a lot, uh, sometimes to the wrong team. But, Sam, here's the other thing. People 
wanted the Vikings to lose. Why? Because I don't know if you watched the national championship game, Sam, and we'll talk about that. But there's some quarterbacks out there in the market. There's a guy by the name of Caleb Williams. There's a guy by the name of Drake May. We saw uh, Michael Penix Jr. last night. And then we also saw J.J. McCarthy. Sam, the people, the people wanted a top five pick. And so when Kirk Cousins went down, they all showed up like this to the next few games. They were hoping to bury the Vikings at the Falcons game. They were hoping to bury the Vikings every single game after that. But they finally got their wish, Sam. Officially, the doctors told us, January 7th, around 2-ish p.m., the Viking season was no more, Sam. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I guess I would have would have declared the time of death um, d- December 31st, oh, New okay. Year's Eve, about 10 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. The Packers lost. The okay. Packers game. Okay. The second Packers game. The second Packers game, yes. Um, You can win with a backup in this league. Like, it's not impossible. It's probably, it's unlikely, but not impossible. The Vikings had a chance to make the playoffs. And they were in the driver's seat, in fact, Ron. I mean, what what were the percentages they were showing? I want to say around the Denver game, Chicago game, percentages like 70, 80%. They were in the driver's seat. And they let it slip away. I think I, I might have held on to, to their pulse a little bit longer. They were on life support. I wanted to keep them alive. And I uh, didn't want to pull that plug. But the Packers game kind of revealed the divide between a team with a starter that's playing well and a backup that's just trying to you know, figure it out on the fly. And uh, that carried over into Sunday. And Ron, the the parlay, I think you even said this. You said bet against all the outcomes happening on FanDuel and every single outcome, the opposite happened that the Vikings needed to happen on Sunday. So I don't know what that would have given you, but could have won a little nice chunk of change in the anti-playoff parlay. <laughs> Plus, t- well, well, this is crazy though, Sam. When when I first did the, the Vikings playoff parlay, it was plus 25-13. Uh, right before kickoff, I checked again just to see, just to see, because I know some people out there actually did it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I saw the numbers. It tells you how many people would place this bet. So I'm happy for the people that did it. Um, but then I also saw some anti ones. Why? Because the odds for the Vikings to actually pull that off and everybody else to do it dropped to 2,200. So it became, it was getting in the Vikings favor. Like, oh man, this might, could it happen? Could, could, could locked on sports, Minnesota have really, Put this into the ether that do it. Do it, and the Vikings are going to win and go to the playoffs, and everybody else is going to lose and needs to lose. The Eagles actually ended up losing. Crazy. I mean, that they didn't need it, but it's just crazy to think about that. Like, you got the Eagles losing. You got the Giants beating the Eagles. Now, the Cowboys absolutely demolish the Washington football team, uh, but the Saints Saints were like, we're not losing to the Falcons. James Winston was like, victory, <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> we're going to make sure that the dirt is on this coffin. We're going to make sure. Justin Fields, if I win, you mean the Vikings have a chance? <laughs> no, no, no. Let me go ahead and just lose this game because I don't know if I want to be a bear. His exit interview said volumes to it. Like, if this is the last time, you know, I love you guys. I love Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, nobody wanted to give the Vikings a chance, including the Detroit Lions, because they were willing to risk all their starters 
their possible playoff run to beat the Vikings. Now, I do understand the Lions thought they could get the two seed because, again, the Cowboys could have lost. Um, not likely. But the Eagles did lose to the Giants. And so I know for the Cowboys, for the Lions, they're like, look, if everybody loses, we get the two seed. The Rams end up beating the 49ers. Now, the 49ers did it the right way. 49ers are like, look, we're the one seed. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Hey, Burke Purdy, Brock, Brock, last year without you, we were nothing. Sit down. Debo, go ahead and sit down somewhere. We don't need you guys getting hurt. Like, they did it the right way. The Lions lost Sam Laporta. Best tight end, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. One of the best rookies in the NFL. Ever. And they've lost him. They've lost him for the playoffs most likely. Hyperextended knee. So Dan Campbell risked it all just to throw more dirt onto that Vikings grave. And he's going to make sure they're buried. Because everybody knows, I don't know, Sam, if you're a WWE fan or WWF fan, but I remember The Undertaker. And The Undertaker in wrestling used to be buried. And he would be in a coffin or somewhere. He'd be down on the mat and he'd be dead. And they would, like, they would just, they would, which now that I realize the acting and that, I'm not going to ruin it for some kids that might be listening with their dads right now. But the fact that The Undertaker would never get pinned, he would just be laying there for like at least 10 seconds. You could have pinned him in that 10 seconds, but they had to make it dramatic. And the Undertaker lays there. The person who's fighting them runs around the ring, celebrating, looking at the crowd, doing their thing. And then all of a sudden, he sits up or that arm comes up. Like, come on, man. But Dan Campbell wanted to make sure the Vikings were no Undertaker. They were done. You, my friends, are done. You are Vince McMahon. You are uh, uh, Triple H. Whatever, Whatever wrestler goes down and stays down, they wanted to make sure the Vikings were that. You're not getting up. We're going to pin you one, two, three. And the season is over. But, Sam, as the season ends, mm-hmm. we got Gabe Henderson joining us today from, from the Vikings Entertainment Network. Should be a fun one. Looks like Gabe just joined us in the in the green room, so he'll be on shortly. Um, but, but as we kind of close out this funeral, Sam, of the Minnesota Vikings season, um, it, it's very interesting now to see the player exit interviews. When you talk about Harrison Smith, uh, taking extra little bit, you know, extra long, you know, in the locker room, talking to uh, Lindsey Young, uh, one of the Vikings writers, uh, about you know, well, this is it, this is it, but you know, I I don't feel like he said, I forgot how he worded it, but he basically said like, I know guys that can play that don't want to play, but he said, I don't have that feeling yet. So the fact that he and he's healthy, the fact that he made it through the entire season healthy, because Josh Metellus and Cam Bynum did a lot of the work at safety. He basically was the night hawk in the back, uh, Hawkeye for those that watch the Avengers. Bow and Arrow sat in the back, just took shots when he needed to. Other than that, he was he was the true like last line of defense. So he's healthy, you know. Doesn't have any, didn't have to take any big like big shots, you know, put any big hits on guys. That was Josh Metellus and Cam Bynum this year. So he says, you know, he has more left in the tank. He, you know, he talked about kids being here. His wife's pregnant again, by the way. Uh, they're going to have two under two, which is crazy. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> but I saw his wife in the elevator last game and with, with his parents and talked to them a little bit. You know, from, from what she said, they love Minnesota. You know, and if he's going to retire, like if you can make another million dollars, Chad Greenway told me this. He's like, the only reason I played that last couple seasons with the Vikings is because of the house I wanted to know I wanted to live in and pay for it cash. So I know Harrison Smith's in a similar boat now. You got kids, because he was a downtown, you know, 
living in a condo, young bachelor, jumping in pool parties. Uh, but you know, it's funny. Every time I saw Harrison Smith out, he never like really had a smile. He looked just like he played football. It was always just like a weird smirk. Uh, so I can only imagine him at pool parties, like in the corner with a cup, just chilling, super quiet, dressed in black, like all black wetsuit or something. He's got <laughs> the goggles on. With snorkel goggles. Yeah. Um, but he loves Minnesota. You know, like he, he's been here 10 years, nine, 10 years of his life. So at this point, like, you know, his wife probably likes it. Now she's probably like, look, if you want to go to Florida, babe, I'm all for it. If you want to go to Arizona, let's do it. Uh, but he probably likes it. You know, he can be around the facility. He can come to the games. He can be in the Purple Ring of Honor, Hall of Famer. Um, there's a lot to do here business-wise with Minnesota, too. When you think about all the Fortune 500s, if you want to keep growing your fortune and maybe be a, a, a Magic Johnson type of mogul one day. Like, he went to Notre Dame, so he's a smart kid. So there's a lot to digest with this offseason. You see Kirk Cousins talk about maybe taking a home down discount. I don't want to pay off the tease. In the open, I said, is Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins becoming, like, is Kirk Cousins the next Tom Brady? He might be. He might be. Why? Because he might take a hometown discount. He realizes it. Look, coming off an Achilles, 37. I got Justin Jefferson, TJ Hogginson, and Jordan Addison. Like, I could go make some money in incentives. Like, give me, give me a million or two million, and then give me a big bonus, like 20, 25, 30, whatever it is. But my salary, let's make it easy. Let's defer my bonus even. Let's defer my bonus. I know it's coming. Let's, 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 let's build this roster. Go get me some guys. And if Kirk Cousins does that, yeah, maybe maybe that is a recipe for success. Maybe that's the one thing Kirk Cousins has been missing is like, I've made, he said, I made a ton of money already. He said, I made more money than I could imagine. So he's made a lot of money. He's probably upwards of 170. You know, we think about endorsements and all the other, the pizza ranch, KFC. Um, <laughs> like, like, come on now. Now, you know, you got the house here. I know he's going to probably build it if he wants to stay because he talked about kindergarten for his kid and da-da-da. I mean, he has the house in Orlando anyway. So they're going to live in Orlando full-time once he's done. So if you think about that, come on now. Go go get a championship now. What is, what's left? At 37? No, there's left with a championship. Don't be like Carson Wentz and all those other guys that, that, that hold on too long and try to get too much money, and then you're Joe Flacco waiting for, for the Browns to call you at age 45. Like, do it now. And so that was my Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady correlation before that. But Sam, before we get Gabe in here, yeah, uh, quickly on the uh, the off season or whatever, what were your thoughts just as you saw some of those exit interviews? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it revolves around Kirk, right? That's obviously the biggest domino to fall. It's been the biggest domino for the past couple off seasons, and this time he's truly a free agent. It's always been a case of, well, he still had a year left on his contract. Would they extend him? Would they trade him? Now he's a free agent. Now he's available to all 32 teams. I think Kirk prefers to stay here. I also think Kirk has a little businessman to him. Like he said in, in his exit interview, it's not necessarily about the dollars, but it's about the structure. Yeah. Now, I'm interpreting that to mean that he's not going to be happy being a lame duck one-year quarterback. Right. I think structure to him means multiple years. Now, maybe it's two. Maybe two gets the job done. But you probably can't just have a one-year bridge. You can't just draft a quarterback and say, Kirk, teach this guy for a year, and then you're gone. I don't think he wants that. I think he wants a little more trust than that. So I think you're going to have to give him two years minimum. Um, I'm very curious on the dollar amount. I mean, if he, if he really milked them for everything, we might be talking in the 40s. I think if they can get it in the 30s, I think that would be a win for the organization. 
I mean, I looked at Tom Brady's contracts. He was in the 18s, but that's signing bonus, and he had a $1 million. So that's basically 20. He had some incentives in there yeah. for Super Bowl because for him, going to the playoffs for Super Bowl, he knew he's going to hit those. So it's like, yeah, let's just give him those incentives. Hey, put those in my contract. I know I'm going to get there. Uh, throw for 3,000 yards. Throw for 4,000 yards. Tom Brady knows he's going to do that. Throw for 30 touchdowns. Throw for 40 touchdowns. Tom Brady knows he's going to do that. So the other thing is Tom Brady knew, like, when his Patriots was coming to an end, it was time to move on to the Bucs. Um, but he also did that for one year, one year. You know, like he was. He's like, look, I'm, I'm, I know I'm good, but also, can I win if I go out here and try to break the bank? Um, but before we get to Gabe Henderson, we have a word from our sponsors. Well, the regular season is over, but the playoffs are just heating up, and there is still time to take advantage of a great offer at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed with a $5 wager. That's all you have to do. Place five, get 150. You can put that five on a playoff parlay. Ryan will give you some picks later in the show. And then when you have the 150, sprinkle it on some NBA, some NHL, some college basketball, some NFL playoffs, and win big with live same-game parlays. You can build the parlays in the Parlay Hub. They give you suggestions for bets in the Explore tab uh, that a lot of people are wagering on. And you can join in on the fun at fanduel.com slash locked on, fanduel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. Bet five, get 150. Fanduel, an official partner of the NFL. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Well, now Gabe Henderson joined us on the Hanging Around Johnson segment. And normally it's just me and Gabe or me and a guest. Last week was uh, um, Lomas Brown from the Detroit Lions. So that was fun. But, but Gabe, today we had a funeral for the Minnesota Vikings season. Uh, we, we, we pronounced the time of death of uh, January 7th, around 2-ish, when the Bears decided to just tank uh, to get a higher draft pick. They already had the first-round pick anyway. Um, <laughs> but some people said time of death might have been the Packers game December 31st. Some people said time of death might have been the Packers game when Kirk Cousins' Achilles went down. Either way, we're dressed in black because we had a funeral today, and, and they always say bring a support partner to a funeral because you never know how tough it's going to be. So I got Sam joining me on the Hanging Around Johnson segment. Uh, so Gabe Henderson, man, Vikings Entertainment Network, do it all, uh, statistician, uh, interviewer, uh, just all around great guy. Um, but Gabe, man, thanks for joining me on the Hanging Around Johnson segment. First, I want to say, man, you this is like uh, one of the first full seasons of no like covid drama no other weird stuff no yeah. like it was just full travel everybody so what, what were some memorable moments from this season for you oh man it, it, i feel like it, it started when you you bring in uh Mark, i mean daniel hunter 
Um, when you brought him in this offseason, it was like, okay, our defense just got a lot better. And uh, just understanding, you know, what he did from from week one or I guess week two of this offseason preseason till now, it, it was just one of the, the craziest seasons I've ever been a part of. To start the season off 0-3 or 1-4 and then to, to go on a, a short win streak, to go on a, a losing streak, to go on a winning streak, to end the season 1-6, I feel like this season felt like five years, but it also felt like five weeks. So um, a, a lot to hang our hats on. But at the same time, I mean, if we're being honest, this is this wasn't the year that, that we expected or the year that we wanted. I mean, it's tough to to win any game where you have four quarterbacks, four different starting quarterbacks in five weeks. So um, it, I still haven't put my finger on a word to sum up this season. But uh, right now, just being in the building, it, it's been a very unique uh, transition of events. It get, it got lost in the QB carousel, but the Dobbs sanity of the the first Atlanta game, Saints game. I mean, do you remember the conversations we were having after that Saints game about Dobbs and his future and the Vikings as a playoff team? I mean, that was a, that was probably my number one from the year. Were those two wins in a row where at least we got to live in this. Um, sort of naive reality of thinking yeah. that we had found the second coming and his name was Josh Dobbs. Yeah, that that was a time. Like, what a time to be alive, right? Like, just, <laughs> just experiencing that. I mean, I remember just being inside the building that after he beat the Atlanta Falcons, they gave uh, him about 30 minutes for VEM because everyone, so VEM, Vikings Entertainment Network, we're our in-house production team. But right when Dobbs got that win in Atlanta, our PR team shut him off to everybody. So everybody that was a part of the, the local or regional crew, they were like, no, he's only doing national interviews. So like we were still on the fence. And then after he beat the saints, they were like, well, we're only opening him up for 30 minutes and only the VEN crew. So I did a quick interview with him. I'm like, dude, like describe this. And he was like, I, I can't. And just from that moment till you know, where we are right now, it just was a series of events that didn't work out for him. But, that Dobbs delirium, or however you want to term it, was was a was an interesting time, man. Um, I was hoping that you know Dobbs had an opportunity to play again, but um, I kind of understood the decision with you know getting some of the guys that are on con under contract for the upcoming years, getting those guys a shot, and seeing what the future may hold for them. But um, I would I would never forget that, ever forget that. I mean, and, and quick story: I was with Kevin O'Connell, uh, twenty. I want to say this was twenty nineteen. When Alex Smith broke it, 2018, Alex Smith broke his leg, and uh, we went through four different quarterbacks in four straight weeks. So uh, KO and I, we would talk about that time and then how it related to right now. And um, looking back at it now, that there's literally no correlation between the two outside of you just had multiple quarterbacks in in multiple weeks. So uh, crazy times here in Minnesota. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like Josh Dobbs. Did some, I don't think a lot of backups have ever really, like Case Keenum did it, but it was late. It was after the Minneapolis miracle and everybody started to love Case Keenum. Like, man, this guy is really going to take us to a Super Bowl. And so that's when I've seen it there because he actually did take him to an NFC championship game. Uh, you know, because when Sam Bradford went down and so on and so forth and all these other issues and Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, Sam Bradford came in. It wasn't like Sam Bradford was a number one draft pick. He, he came in to the Minnesota Vikings after Teddy Bridgewater, and everybody still didn't love him. Like, we were happy, but they didn't love him. I remember being here do, covering that game. And then fast forward to the Minneapolis Miracle, everybody loved Case Keenum. But it was it still didn't have the Josh. Do, like, 
Shields wasn't selling Case Keenum jerseys and T-shirts. The Vikings pro shop wasn't selling Case Keenum jerseys and, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, that's what's crazy is, like, Josh Jobs sold out jerseys. He had pastronaut T-shirts at Shields. Like, his name was flashing across every show. Good Morning Football, ESPN. Like, it became a national story fast, whereas right now, when you look at the national media, the, the uh, Timberwolves are 25 and 10. And ESPN wants to talk about LeBron James dunking, not on really Paul George. He kind of like was in the frame. He, he did posterize him, mm-hmm. but he's also 6'8", 250 pounds. So he's supposed to dunk a ball on somebody. And so to talk about an 18 and 19 team versus a 25 and 10 team, that's that tells you where the media goes. Um, and so it was interesting to see how much, like you said, like the Vikings are like, oh no, let's put them in the national spotlight because let, let's let's eat this up. And and and, and for all it's worth. Kevin O'Connell, I think, did all he could. Um, he, he did all he possibly could. I just think he knew the limitations of the offense of what Josh Dobbs didn't know because Nick Mullins knew the full scope of the offense, whereas Josh Dobbs only knew bits and pieces. His head was swimming at times. Uh, there were some throws that he missed. So, Gabe, heading into this offseason, when you look at all these quarterbacks, um, wh- what what do you think Kevin O'Connell, Quasey, uh, what do you think they need to do looking at the college game and then also their own room? Because you can't really go with four quarterbacks. Um, like, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. <clears throat> Before I talk about that, I want to pick up picky back off of your uh, Josh Dobbs comments. Like, because there was a time here where we were having the the pump the brakes meeting when it came to Dobbs, even <laughs> during the height of everything going on. And, you know, I believe a lot of that was just due to um, the more and more he learned the playbook the more and more he started to second guess himself instead of just going out there and playing football like he did those first couple of weeks when he got those wins against uh, the Falcons and the Saints. And uh, ultimately, yeah, to your point, uh, the more and more you understand this Kevin O'Connell playbook, the more you have to actually feel it and understand it. And this was a guy, I mean, that's asking a lot for a guy who had just moved to Minneapolis, living in a hotel, trying to get furniture here, just got like, it was, I just remember talking to him during those times and just, feeling and sensing and hearing how overwhelmed he was during those moments. And um, unfortunately, it showed out there in the field and um, we're in a position that we are right now. So it is what it is. But when it comes to, you know, this upcoming year's quarterback situation, um, I think it starts with addressing what what do you want to do with Kurt? Mm-hmm. Uh, you brought it up early. Um, he's willing to take a hometown discount. What does that hometown discount look like? 30 million? Like, does he, does Kirk reset the market? Uh, again, I guess this time, and then I wouldn't say negative, but decrease the, the quarterback value, basically saying he only gets paid 25 to 30 million a year. Or do you move on from him, move on from him and basically say, look, we're, we're going to go all in on the quarterback this year. And we're going to uh, look forward to this competitive rebuild and pay everybody else around the quarterback to be able to get our guy in and build him up like this Quasi go the uh, San Francisco route when it comes to, hey, build up your offensive line, build up the, your weapons around them, and then just get a young guy, get a young quarterback that can just plug and play and go from there? Or do you go the Kevin O'Connell route where he was in L.A.? Well, basically, look, we're going to draft these receivers, and then we're going to sign a veteran quarterback who can ultimately throw the ball down the field and get the job done. There, there's a lot to weigh. There's some really good quarterbacks in this draft, but uh, in my opinion, I just haven't seen one um, – that can basically change our offense immediately with that 11th overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. 
crapshoot, right? I mean, you yeah. could get you could get the first pick like the Panthers did and Bryce Young and you win two games or you get CJ Stroud the second pick and you win 10 and he's the rookie of the year and you're going to the playoffs. Like that's yeah. the, that's how hard it is to evaluate the quarterbacks that that there could be that big a divide between the number 1 pick and the number 2 pick. Um so it, there's there's an element of randomness to it, right? Which makes it uncertain, which is why you might lean on a veteran quarterback in that position. But let me get your gut feeling on Justin Jefferson. What happens next with him after another thousand yard year, even though he missed seven games? And I would say in the the ten that he played, looked as good as he's ever looked. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> The, the ball is in JJ's court right now, if we're being completely honest, right? Like, yeah, he can come back for his fifth year because he's under contract, so technically he has to. Or he can hold out and basically say, look, I'm not reporting until you get me what I want, whatever that is. Like, for, for a guy to, <laughs> for a guy to um, I guess, have a 1,000 receiving yards and miss seven and a half games, like that, like that is crazy. And then some of the catches that he was making – when he got back, it's like, look, wh whatever you want, JJ, we 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 will make that happen for you. So I, I really don't know. I was in the locker room and I talked to him. Uh, he was the last guy I talked to before I got on the bus uh, to head back to the airplane uh, this past Sunday. And you could just feel the vibe for, for him is, look, this, this offseason is about to be crazy. Not sure what that's going to look like, but, hey, it's about to be crazy. So I told him, I was like, look, wh whatever you do, man, um, everybody here is rooting for you. So I, I think JJ wants to be a Viking personally. Um, but at the same time, JJ wants to win. So he's going to, you know, make the best decision based off of, Hey, are we in a position where we can win now? Does that mean JJ takes a little bit of a pay cut to get some of his guys in? Or does that mean, you know, he gets the highest paid contract in, in NFL history when it comes to receiver and we go from there. So I, I really don't know. I think JJ's heart is with the Vikings, but his heart is also with winning. And uh, he wants to win here, but if that doesn't happen, I'm interested to see what Quasi and Kevin uh, do with the future of J.J.'s contract. Yeah, and when you talk about Justin Jefferson as well, I mean, this guy is probably, you know, another 1,000-yard season. I think Chris Carter, we had Chris Carter on, and he was telling people, pump the brakes. He never missed a game. You know, he or he never – I think he said he missed like four – what did he say, Sam, like four or five games in his whole career or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think so, yep. And so Justin Jefferson's missed more than that already, and – you know, he's had consecutive thousand yard seat, you know, whatever, 10 consecutive 10,000 yard seasons, like all this other stuff. Chris Carter was in or eight. I can't remember what Chris Carter, but he was basically trying to say pump the brakes um, on that. But at the same time, you can't really try to put injury. You Well, you could because I know that's that's come up before, but you can't put injury into like the greatest ever. Like because there's a lot of conversation if Randy Moss had kept playing or if, if, if Calvin Johnson had kept playing like Calvin Johnson probably resets. A lot of these stats, if he keeps playing, uh, when you think about like his 1900 yard season and so on and so forth, um, a, a lot could be said. Barry, Barry Sanders, Lomas Brown said that about Barry Sanders. We just interviewed him last week that if Barry had kept playing Emmett Smith, nobody would have been able to catch his records just because of what Barry Sanders did in a short time. Uh, he would eclipse these guys twice is what Lomas Brown felt. So when you think about Justin Jefferson, he's a he's a he's a generational talent. And so I know Kirk wants to play with him. Brian O'Neill said he wants to play with him. Uh, you brought up two good points, though. There's the Rams who drafted, drafted, drafted. Matthew Stafford comes in. And, and Jared Goff did get him there, though. Let's, let's be there. He didn't win it. 
He did get him there. Dumb play, I think, in the end. Like, you got to give Jared Goff multiple options if you're going for, like, last plays and so on and so forth. But that's just me. Like, like same with the, the Alabama-Michigan. That was the dumbest last play of the game ever I've ever seen. I get it. Vince Young did it against USC. People are talking about that. Well, not people, me. I know Vince Young did it against USC. But the difference is Vince Young actually backed up to pass. He was thinking about passing and had a passing option. And then he decided to roll out and run. And that's why we see the confetti fall and so on and so forth. But Alabama, you went a different route. Uh, so did the Rams. But then the Rams bring in Matthew Stafford. They win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. The 49ers, young guys. So for Quasey and Kevin, this is that is going to be a conversation. Which one do we think works? Is Kirk Cousins the veteran? And then let's 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 draft some guys for him. You know, let's draft uh, another receiver. When you look at the kid, uh, Keon Coleman out of Florida State from Michigan State, 6'4", 215-pound athlete. Uh, you know, you, you, you got some weapons out there. You got, you know, possible is it time to go get a running back now because is 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 I personally I think the Chandler uh you know Chandler bit works but but do you feel like Alexander Madison carried a team so there's a lot for Kevin O'Connell to consider in this whole situation uh offensive line do you feel solid is it time to go get a veteran guy and solidify this offensive line and find a one more guy to come next to Christian Darius maybe a guard um when you think about or a center when you think about solidifying this offensive line but Gabe um as they head into this offseason uh, and, and you think about all the things around this team. I want to bring up a tweet because Sam, Sam, we we were we didn't hit on this in the open, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, okay. I do the fan line for the Vikings uh, every post game show. Um, you know, partner of the Minnesota Vikings, and I got some weird like tweets. I got some weird inbox stuff, and we got some stupid questions <laughs> on the fan line. Uh, and so Pat McAfee. Had a question, so I threw it at Pat McAfee as well, and I'm like, I don't want to overreact, but I know you've probably seen that hashtag with Pat McAfee, and uh, I started to get a little steam of people starting to comment on it, and my take was, Gabe, Minnesota Viking fans overreact about everything, and so I said, I don't want to overreact because people are saying fire Kevin O'Connell, and I'm like, that's dumb, and this is why. When you look at Mike Zimmer's first two years and Kevin O'Connell's first two years, Mike Zimmer went 18 and 14, one division title, one playoff appearance, zero and one in the playoffs. Fans, if you go back and look at that season, because that was our second year. That was our first year, sorry, of doing Vikings pregame shows, what we called it at first before we changed the name to Vikings Game Day Live. Uh, but we did the Vikings pregame show, uh, myself and Hobie Artigue. And fans were saying, because I went back and looked, fans were saying he's the, he's the, this is the best coach we've ever had, the second best coach next to Denny Green or, or, or um, uh, Bud Grant. You know, oh, he's going to win us a Super Bowl. Man, this team is ridiculous. Kevin O'Connell, after two years, 20 and 15, so better record. One division title, same. One playoff appearance, same. Only one in the playoffs, same. Fans, he sucks, fire, and we need to start over, get rid of Kirk Cousins, <laughs> like pay JJ, move on from TJ Hawkinson. We're paying the tight end too much. Like, <laughs> like people are crazy, Gabe. Like, how can these two 13 and four season, and people already are saying that. So, what what's the pulse when you guys at VEN? Because I know you do the mailbag and other stuff. Why, why are fans like like that? Like, what what, what is your thoughts on that? I feel like people just want to win now and that's any organization. And I believe last year, specifically to the Vikings, when you start the season off, when you end the season 13 and four and you make the playoffs and you bring in a similar team and you get younger while bringing in a similar team, the expectations kind of, kind of raise. And I just remember talking to some people in the organization, I guess some of the higher ups and, uh, you know, a lot of them were saying, you know, I wish this season happened last year and last season this year. It, it just yeah. just unfortunate series of events. I mean, this was a, a team that was rolling during that five game win streak. And then Kirk got hurt. 
I mean, this is a completely different ball game if Kirk doesn't get hurt. I personally think it's a completely different season if uh, Nick Nick Mullins isn't on injured reserve when Kirk Cousins gets hurt. If that's the case, Josh Dobbs is never here. You don't really have to change the offense as much and um, so on and so forth. So I, I just think fans are just overreacting because it's in the heat of the moment. Um, why, why are people talking about Kevin O'Connell being fired with everything that he did this year as far as keeping this team together? Like literally keeping this team together through all the turmoil turmoil that it faced. Now, I know a lot of coaching is X's and O's, but still a lot of coaching is camaraderie and building guys up and uh, keeping the team together through, through adverse times. And I think Kevin O'Connell um, addressed things head on when he made mistakes. He, he was honest about it when he was right. He let other people congratulate him for it. So um, I, I don't think Kevin O'Connell is, is in, the, in the hot seat right now. Um, granted, they do have to have a, a great season this year. I mean, this year will be year three of year four of a contract. So we'll, we'll see what this year come, how this year plays out. But right now, I think it's it's too soon, and Vikings fans are just overreacting. And once the draft comes on, and I mean, once this offseason goes along and we get to the draft and we start drafting guys, they're going to be saying Kevin O'Connell was the best coach ever in, in franchise history, and Quasey is the best GM ever in franchise history. So uh, we just got to see how we just got to see how this upcoming fall plays out. All right, Gabe, last one for me. Give me 30 seconds on wish list item for you. You can give me a name or you can give me a position, but Oof. what's at the top of your wish list um, for uh, free agency, draft, et cetera? Uh, free agency, I want a cornerback and uh, draft, I want a defensive end or outside linebacker. I mean, just in any type of, I mean, draft, I want an outside linebacker and a defensive tackle. If we can get both of those guys. Uh, via draft and get B flow to coach those guys up. I, I believe we, we'll be able to make some noise, but uh, in free agency this year, there's going to be a lot of cornerbacks available. And I think the Vikings should try to strike one or at least two, especially in this B flow defense, who is very um, cornerback oriented when it comes to playing man to man, and leaving those guys out on the Island. So uh, those are my two wish list items on the defense. Offensively um, got to get a running back. You got to get a running back. You got to get somebody that could, you know, be a game changer and you could never have enough offensive linemen. And one quick one before we get out of here. Um, draft. You get to cover the draft. Like, I, yeah. I, I I admire that. I'm a little jealous when I see you guys get to travel for it. Um, but, yeah, you get to cover the draft. What's, what's one of your, like, I must do this or I can't wait for this to happen uh, during this draft process or a player that you really hope the Vikings take a serious look at? Yeah, the, the NFL draft isn't, isn't something that I always raise my hand for as far as trips to go to because uh, the people, uh, the energy, and then granted, the, the draft pick may not even be there. So we're, we're there, you know, planning, prepping, trying to get everything done, and then it's like the draft pick isn't even there, so we just go home the following day. But uh, if, if I don't go this year, there's a guy uh, named Drazan Newton, uh, defensive tackle from Illinois, uh, University of Illinois, it, it was – he's a guy well, – I believe he won Big Ten Player of the Year, first ever defensive lineman to do so at Illinois. Um, he was a finalist for the Nagurski Trophy. Just a, a game-changing defensive tackle that the Vikings could use immediately. And I believe just, you know, if the Vikings decide to stay put at 11 and, and don't move up, a guy, Jerzon Newton, just with his size, his strength, his speed, his durability, his versatility, I believe he will – be available for that minute for this Minnesota Vikings team with that 11th overall pick. I, I believe he's a game changer and 
every year there's one or two defensive linemen that you have that's that that pretty much sets the tone for a defense um, immediately. Like last year, that was this past year was Jalen Carter. I mean, you got the Jordan Davises of the world. I believe Jerzon Newton is in that same category. And uh, if the Vikings decide to go that route, I believe he can be a valuable asset to this defense for years to come. Yeah, and, and, and Newton, like if, for, for Vikings, or sorry, Gophers fans, for those Minnesota Gophers fans, if you guys remember the Illinois game, he was suspended earlier in the Gophers game, and the Gophers had their way, and then he came back in the second half because he got suspended from a previous game uh, for, I was like, a, I forgot what it was, either targeting or something stupid, you know, college football, yeah. um, but he got to play in the second half, and he absolutely wreaked havoc in the second half. I remember we asked P.J. Fleck, uh in the uh, pj flex show about that like uh, you know him being out and then him coming in like did that did that change up how you how you could attack illinois moving forward and he tried to like play it off but he kind of said well yeah you know for for what all is worth the kid came in right away and started putting pressure on the quarterback and he was he was just a game changer he wreaked havoc like literally first play in the game i think it was a sack like in the second half as soon as he got in the game he went he went to work no hesitation coaches like knew the ncaa you know it's just the stupid rules they have if you do something in the late of another game you have to miss the first half of another yeah. game so dumb uh but that happened also names and names this is funny byron murphy the second is also an option for the minnesota vikings at d tackle for texas uh six one three hundred eight pounds and then also and i saw this before and it's so funny a guy i got drafted with a guy I got to hang out with, Julius Peppers' teammate, Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins was a guy I got drafted with in 2002, played at uh, uh, North Carolina, and uh, then he went on. I think Chris Jenkins played in North Carolina. Um, and then he went on, and now he has a son at the University of Michigan who's a national champion, and he is the number one rated defensive tackle coming out this year. He did decide to come out as a junior, even though he's a COVID junior. So he's been in college for a little bit. Uh, so he also – is in this draft, and that's another option. Both uh, him and, and uh, Newton are considered uh, first or second round picks, depending on how the draft falls. D tackle is not usually a sexy position that people want to draft, but in this three four defense, if you need a nose tackle who's going to wreak havoc, you got Chris Jenkins, you got uh, Byron Murphy the second, which could get weird. We got a Byron Murphy Jr. Now we would have a Byron Murphy the second, and then you have uh, Johnny Newton, as people say, because people didn't want to say Jerzon. That was weird to me when I kept seeing Johnny Newton, and I'm like. That's not his full name, but yep, he goes by Johnny Newton as well. So uh, I, I thought he should have went by like Jimmy Neutron and just be an absolute element to that defense. I would, I, I would yeah, call no. him Jay Z. <laughs> there you go, Jerzon, Jay Z Newton. Uh, but yeah, he's also player. an option. But I want to thank Gabe Henderson for joining us on the Hanging Around Johnson segment. Uh, it's been a blast all season. We're definitely going to get you back though because we're going to have Jordan Reed on from ESPN. We're going to have Ryan Clark on from ESPN as well uh, as we start to hit into this draft. So we got to get my boy Gabe back on here to talk NFL draft, what players are out there. Maybe do a Jordan Reed, Ryan Clark, Gabe Henderson roundtable. We can put that together. That would be awesome. Uh, but I'm Ron Johnson, Sam Mexham, as Gabe Henderson who joined us. Coming up next, uh, we got the daily three. That's three questions. We'll take about a minute each today. We we'll have a word from our sponsors. Today's show brought to you by Jace Medical. And let me tell you, as we move into 2024, how you can provide security for yourself, for your family, just preparing for real life when it hits you when you least expect it. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin in the middle of a, a pretty bad flu season. That is scary stuff. And I've got young kids and I've had I've encountered this where they need a prescription uh, it's hard to get into the doctor. It's hard to get that prescription fulfilled in a timely manner. Uh, thankfully, 
The Jace case and Jace Medical alleviates the concerns. Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and more. And that's stuff that could happen to any one of us. Visit jacemedical.com. Complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician. Your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. So get prepared at jacemedical.com. Use offer code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get $20 off your order at Jace Medical for that peace of mind and security. Well, it was great to have Gabe Henderson on, Sam. I really enjoyed that one. Got some great Vikings content to end the season and then also some good drive like buzz, I guess, to kind of keep names on as we go forward. We're going to build our draft board at Locked On, the Ron Johnson Show. Sam and I, we're going to continue to add names to that. So Jerzon Newton out of Illinois, people. Make sure you guys add that to your draft board. Keep an eye on him. Uh, but now it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions. Take about a minute each today. Take it away, Sam. Ron, we'll move away from the Vikings for a moment to talk about the Wolves. They are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They're treading water, and Denver is hot on their tail, half a game back in the West. Mm-hmm. Is Denver going to pass the Wolves here this week, Ron? <sighs> I think they have a chance to. I do. I do. I think, like, so th- th- nothing against 5-5. Five and five. I think what we're seeing from the Timberwolves now, too, is people are starting to figure them out. I think they're starting to get a little tired. They, they, they pulled off a lot early on, but here's the good thing. They started off great. I always talk about that, Sam. When your report card looks great to start the season, you can fall off. Like they're they're at a, like a C minus right now. The last ten games, like you said, five and five. That's like a C average. So they're passing, but it's not great. So nothing wrong with that though. A C average for them, five and five. They're actually twenty five and ten. Whereas if they had been like the Lakers at eighteen and nineteen and went five and five, the sky's falling. They're the tenth seed. And, and everybody's not happy. What's going on? The big three, like, what, it's time to move on. Tim Conley, you suck. Uh, what's going on? With, no, everybody loves Tim Conley. Everybody loves Chris Finch. Chris Finch is up for coach of the year. Uh, but the Denver Nuggets are the Denver Nuggets. They're the champions for a reason. Uh, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies now lose John Morant, so they're all but out. Like, I don't think they have a shot to really contest mm-hmm. anybody moving forward. Uh, we saw what they looked like without Ja. Now they're without Ja again. He came in, gave him flash. So, yeah, so I think the Denver Nuggets can pass them. But I think going down the stretch is going to be those two teams at the one and two all the way down down to the end yep and this magic tonight celtics tomorrow minnesota basketball party tomorrow as well uh we might have to plug into the other basketball team in town ron the gophers ben johnson's got the gophers three and one in the big 10 they beat michigan they come back and beat maryland at home the other night have the gophers turned the corner yeah, I think they have. Uh, I, I talked to a couple of high school coaches last night when I was at Southwest Christian High School, um, and David Flom's one of the head coach. Dana, who was the coach at Chaska, uh, he and I were talking about like Dawson Garcia and, and and what he's doing. You know, getting key minutes from Parker Fox. Uh, you got Ben Johnson, who still has that cool, calm, and collected coaching style that might not be for everybody, but it works for this team. Uh, but I think what we're seeing is Dawson Garcia finally start to realize I'm six ten. He's starting to realize like he doesn't have a great outside shot like he used to when he was a little bit like I think he was around six seven, six eight. Uh, as he got taller, he just got a little bit more long. You know, he's longer, it's not as easy to shoot threes. Uh, I mean, don't tell Wimby that. Um, but I think Dawson Garcia is realizing I'm 6'10 and I can I can I can get boards. I can I can be a bully, I can be a scorer in the paint. And so you're just seeing a team now that's playing together, they're making that extra pass. Uh, and that's why you're seeing wide open dunks, you're seeing guys really hustle and make plays. 
Uh, you know, Carrington is back. I think that's great with, for his mental health because, you know, he took a mental health break, but he came back at the right time. And so that's that's what's great. Speaking of mental health, by the way, J.J. McCarthy, everybody wondered about his whole deal. He had anxiety and depression as a teenager, and so he started meditating and getting grounded and doing that stuff. And he also has a team psychologist. He checks in with them at halftime of games and every quarter. Mm-hmm. I think that was key. And so for Braden Carrington to hear, you know, like he was dealing with mental health, it's real, man. There's a lot of pressure on these kids compared to what it used to be because social media wasn't a thing when I was growing up. Now it is. So you can see how many people hate you. Before, I never knew who hated me. But now you can see those people because they can touch you via social media. So uh, I really like what Ben Johnson's doing. He's kind of keeping the team to themselves. Uh, they're not trying to blow it up and be big deals. I think they're fourth in the Big Ten and they're not ranked where teams below them are ranked and teams above them are ranked in the Big Ten. So I think at some point they got to put the, the Gophers in the top 25, but I don't know. I'm, I'm happy for them, though. Yeah. I'm gonna All right. Quick picks. I'm going to give you all six wildcard matchups. I want quick answers on yep. who's going to win. Put your parlay together now, folks, because here we go. Browns at Texans. Browns. Dolphins at Chiefs. Ooh, I'm going to go Chiefs. Chiefs going to hold home field down. Dad, Dolphins really tanked, didn't they? Um, Steelers at Bills. I'm going to go Steelers. I like Mike Tomlin right now. Mm, Packers at Cowboys. I'm going to go Cowboys. They're going to stomp them. Rams at Lions in the Stafford Goff grudge <sighs> match. I really want to stick with the Lions. I really do, but I'm gonna go Rams. I think Stafford's coming home. He's gonna light it up. And lastly, Eagles at the Bucks. So this is a tough one because the Bucks could actually pull this off. The Eagles have looked bad down the stretch, but I'm gonna go Eagles. They're 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 gonna tush push their way to the championship. So I'm gonna go Eagles. I think they they might lose to like the Cowboys though or the 49ers, but I'm gonna go Eagles in this one. Yeah, that's a scary five seed. All right, so Ron goes Eagles, Rams, Cowboys, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns. That's your parlay, folks. Six-way parlay. And it might change by Friday, so make sure you guys stick around for the Friday roundtable. We're going to do this again with all the cast of the roundtable at Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm Ron Johnson. I Sam Mitchell. I want to thank you guys for joining us on the snowy Tuesday or whenever day you decide to download and listen to the show. But make sure you find our show on Lo- our show Locked On Sports 24-7 on our live YouTube stream for your favorite Minnesota sports shows around the clock. You can get Vikings, Wild Wolves, Twins, and Gophers all hours of the day. I want to thank you guys and have a great week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.